0: Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope, this one, and it's touchdown, this time going deep for Beckham Jr., catch
3: it, he's in! Hello everyone, welcome back to Road His Overtime and Road His Radio, and it's brought to you by Untucket, my name's Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, I'm joined once again by Sean Siegel, one of the co-owners over at Road Rodoviz um of course Sean uh, we're getting ready here for the NFL action this weekend we'll finally know who's going to the Super Bowl so i guess we'll kick it off with a little preview who's making it all the way uh, are we getting uh, the dream podcast matchup of the packers versus the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs i think we are the Chiefs with
1: the comeback they playing they're playing the titans so obviously going to be the heavy favorite there i'm not sure that that's what they want or need in some ways it would be a lot lower pressure to go and just blitz through the ravens at baltimore instead of dealing with those arrowhead ghosts like we talked about on the show earlier in the week the packers impressed me they looked good they had the the second half swoon a little bit there where the seattle seahawks and russell wilson finally decided to do what they do best which is let russell wilson break free and and win the game by himself as you mentioned if they had done that from the beginning they would probably be in the nfc championship game right now but certainly the packers defense impressive in the first half aaron Rodgers impressive throughout they're going to go up against that 49ers juggernaut which perhaps isn't flashy in any particular area but is good at everything so how, how do you like your chances how do you like the packers chances going in there to san francisco
3: well obviously we know what happened the last time they went into san francisco and it didn't end up good uh, but i have to say that this team is much better than the team that played in san francisco at that stage of the season so uh, while i while i expect like i think it's a fair point spread in terms of the seven point uh, advantage there to uh, the 49ers i think that is fair but i i do think that um you know we've seen with the packers they still did get a number of sacks and Russell Wilson got quite a few pressures on Russell Wilson and I mentioned on the last show that he's one of the hardest players to be able to contain I think you're going to have less trouble containing Jimmy Garoppolo so I do think the key in this for the Packers will be defensively Um, can they get to the quarterback which I think they'll be able to do but then can they contain that run game and that's somewhere where the Packers have had some issues and obviously the way that Kyle Shanahan can scheme plays um, is better than pretty much any coach in the NFL for you know the creativeness of them so it's going to be really really tough but if you would have said to me Sean uh, a couple of months ago you have a chance in the NFC title game whether they win or lose it's it's been a good season all around the games haven't been the prettiest but uh, I'm sure there's a lot of fans out there who don't really care about how pretty it is as long as they can get some of those wins so let's see what happens I, I do have to say I favor uh, the Chiefs it's a remarkable run for the Titans um but I, I just think it'll be uh, super for the Chiefs to get there um and see how it goes that the Titans have been have been phenomenal over the last couple of weeks and uh, it's been fun it's been a fun run it's been a fun playoffs and let's hope this weekend brings some more uh fun action to us. Before we get into the rest of today's show, I want to let the listeners know, as always, they can get a 10% discount to a Rotoviz NFL pass right now. That is available through the NFL podcast homepage, com forward slash podcast. As a loyal podcast podcast listener, we like to, to give you that little discount. If you aren't already signed up, I don't know what, what you're waiting for. Make sure you head on over, get signed up, gain unlimited access to all of our tools and content, and get ready for next season. There's just going to be so many fantastic pieces going up on a, a daily basis. Don't miss out. Join up today. Save yourself 10%. That is rotaviz.com forward slash podcast so sean on last week's show we talked about round one if we were redoing round one of the the kind of rookie draft and this week we're going to look at it from a round two perspective so obviously there's there's a lot of names in this show that we're going to talk about that you know this time last year people were talking about as possibly being first round picks pushing their way into that conversation and there's players who maybe weren't thought of at all who have climbed their way into that conversation so it's going to be an interesting one to look and this is where you can get those values you mentioned on the the show earlier in the week about how the 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 picks value or how the player value from year one to year two and that kind of range is where the the biggest jump goes in value and these players now are players who may not have had that jump in value but we could see a year two to year three uh, jump whether it was for injuries whether it was for players in front of them what happened that they didn't get that opportunity so looking forward to this so sean as we look first of all um from from the article that you you've done here deontay johnson is the one that comes up first and he's somebody who had been going quite a bit later in those rookie drafts this stage last year do you think there is room for him to make that jump even higher um in terms of where you're looking at him heading into 2020 and beyond Certainly,
1: he was the one guy I think who deserved to be picked in round one of our redraft here and slid because there were a couple other people I think have a higher ceiling, a couple other guys I would personally like. But those last four picks that we had in our round one, uh, all a little bit controversial in terms of where they would go compared to Johnson. We had Hardman who, again, you see in the, chiefs victory on sunday made the huge special teams play that sort of sparked that offense but from an offensive perspective was again completely absent we had Nikhil harry who really underperformed for the patriots and now the patriots situation in flux and we had those two start tight ends who we talked about having great opportunities to break out in a big way and present a real roster changing type of player at the tight end position, you know, give you that firepower that most teams don't have, but yet we haven't necessarily seen them do that. So those four guys contrast that with Johnson, who had a very good rookie season playing in an offense that ranked number 27 in fantasy points to the wide receiver position. He had the type of season that makes him a great breakout candidate for 2020. He wasn't used very much deep. But he ran the type of routes that the Steelers needed, right? He ran those underneath routes, targeted 45 times on passes that traveled five yards or less. That allowed him to get up to that 19% target rate. And I think that target rate for a rookie, when you're competing with guys like Juju Smith-Schuster, granted he was injured, and James Washington, a little bit of a a second half of the season flash type of guy, that 19% target rate for a rookie is impressive
3: i think so sean i think when you look at the the player that you know the the numbers he's taking and you mentioned the players he's playing with the biggest issue i have with this team this year was the quarterback but you mentioned he ran the routes and that you know caught the passes they needed him to catch you know most rookie wide receivers if you have you know 59 catches 680 yards you know and having five touchdowns on the season you mentioned a breakout candidate you know as a rookie, that's arguably as good as you're going to get most years and we've talked about how good this rookie class has been at wide receiver i think if it was another year we'd be talking about him in a lot higher terms and you mentioned guys like and keel harry the two tight ends there is that kind of view that if if Deontay Johnson was taken with the picks that those guys were taken with last year we would probably have a lot higher expectations of him moving into this year sometimes that perception can affect how people rank players and how people look into them so I think what we've seen in the second half of the season considering the issues that they were having with the kind of carousel they had a quarterback he is definitely somebody who's interested in heading into this year and I, I think he's somebody who could possibly be you know able to jump some of those players you know like in keel harry let's see what happens with the patriots and tom brady in the quarterback position if anything changes there you know there's there's things like that i could see him rising this offseason and making his way into that first round and there there is some players at the end of that first round who are there based on where their adp perhaps took them last year and they both the nfl draft and in uh, rookie fantasy drafts Uh, you you also have the next player and you did point out that if this was a super flex draft that this guy would be number one on the board and that is kyler murray but we're looking at it from a single quarterback perspective had you any thoughts about putting him into that uh, first round you know i think in in standard leagues it's very hard to take a quarterback with that extended value but what you've seen this year, do you think there would be enough to push him into that uh, first round? He was going to late first round last year. I think we we've seen enough this year to know that he has ability, but I don't think we've seen enough to say that he's a, a first round rookie pick. If we were doing you know the rookie draft today in terms of single quarterback dynasty leagues,
1: yeah. So he has the the rookie ADP of around nine so he was a very clear-cut first round pick in the second half of those drafts and you could see why people picked him there and i don't have any problem with that pick i expect him to make a big jump in 2020 uh, blair andrews wrong read research certainly suggests that young quarterbacks drafted early obviously you can't be drafted earlier than he was they make a huge leap in their second season and his profile is so similar to what we saw with lamar jackson making that leap murray with more passing ability and more offensive volume uh, even with his speed he's probably not going to be the lamar jackson type runner jackson just very very unique in that regard but there are some things going for him that jackson doesn't have and so those might be able to balance out not having quite as much from a rushing perspective so it really is a question i think of how much you're going to value QB in your particular draft. And so much of that with only needing to start with one QB in most of these formats comes down to individual team need. I really think that if you don't have a quarterback and you are going to go through this process of drafting again, which one of the things we're doing with this is trying to see where trade values might be, see where guys would go now you can make an argument for him as the number two guy off the board entirely that AJ Brown is really the only guy you would definitely want to have before Murray, but I could also see him falling farther. So my question for you, if you have the second pick here, certainly I, I get the impression you would take Johnson first, probably even would have taken him at the tail end of the first round. We had one other big player who slid in this exercise and that is David Montgomery if you're picking here with the second pick in the second round and you have a shot at Montgomery whose average ADP was 3.3 which made him the second highest drafted rookie would you prefer him here or do you take that roster changing QB?
3: Well I, I think now if you look at it from that perspective I'd be taking Kyler Murray but that's more so that you know my perception of David Johnson has fallen more than anybody in this rookie class in terms of what my expectations were last season and even coming into the season I thought that even though if I don't think he's the most talented player in the world I thought that he was going to be able to do something with the opportunities there but maybe maybe that does change next year but it just didn't lead to consistent positive production there was production there but it was more so volume uh, than anything else so I would be taking Kyler Murray there and it's not to say I did say you know earlier I might have been a bit harsh but I think all all the signs there but I just think that Um, there's still some some concerns and there's when when I'm taking quarterbacks you know over preference uh, if you only need one you might have already two on your roster you know that are going to be able to, to get you by so I'd be looking to fill in other positions but I would be taking Murray at that point to see if I could Get him moved then for uh, future draft picks or players to to try and uh, fill out that squad. But uh, you mentioned the the second year quarterback jump, and I know I was all all we're, we've been on board with that for quite some time, uh, and we've mentioned Blair's uh, piece quite a number of times. But we we were very hopeful this year in seeing um, you know. Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield make that jump. Thankfully, we've seen Lamar Jackson be able to do it. Um, but maybe we we we'll get a third year bump out of those guys. I still I still have uh, I still have faith in both of them. Um, but somebody who I, I would be skipping here, Sean, and you know by this time next year, um, I think that we could see him completely completely fall off this this list altogether. Do you, do you still have hopes? I know I I did like him more than you, you know, in that kind of draft process.
1: Yeah, I think that with the new expectations or more realistic and more fair expectations one of the things i talked about a lot last offseason is that i thought that there was a potential for montgomery to be good but i thought the expectations were very very unfair because he simply did not have the type of athleticism that nfl starters have right you put him into the box score scout and his top five comps are wayne gallman madison mark ingram shane vereen and mike davis probably the the four there who seem the closest would be those guys and davis vereen maybe a little bit more of a patch pass catching back and i think that when you're looking at that number one it emphasizes that these are guys who are not great athletes they're people with four uh, sixes in the 40 pretty prolific college players but not necessarily expected to translate well to the nfl except for mark ingram and so when you look at montgomery the path that Ingram took is probably the one that you can dream about. And what you're really hoping for is that the Bears like Montgomery as much as the Saints liked Ingram, right? Mark Ingram struggled through three seasons that were terrible, worse than what Montgomery just went through. I mean, three seasons, not just one, before he finally broke out and then got to the point where he's now someone we still look at as being a little bit overvalued, although certainly I was wrong about that for this season. But someone who's gone on – to an excellent fantasy career in the second half and so if you're a montgomery owner looking to hold on i think that you're looking for that and certainly what you're hoping is that montgomery can score despite being in a scenario where that offense hasn't been particularly good and where the frustrating thing for his owners is that you don't get the type of receiving production you might get in a different offense because tarot cohen is in place
3: before we get to the second half of the show, I just want to let you know about our friends over at Untucket. Ever see an untucked button-down shirt? Well, the one time or any time I see them, it always is a case that they look pretty bad. And why is that? That's because they're not meant to be worn that way. Thankfully, with Untucket, the original button-down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked, no matter what your shape or size, Untucket shirts always fall perfectly at that untucked style to the untucked length that it should go to with more than 50 plus fit combinations untucked shirts look great on tall slim short and athletic guys of all ages you know i have talked about this on previous shows i'm a taller guy it's very hard to get regular shirts that fit but uh, untucked are perfect for just getting it to just fall that exact right length so you can wear it with comfort and uh look stylish while doing so You can choose from so many different options, from wrinkle-free button-downs to super soft flannels, outerwear, and more. So whether you're shopping for a perfect gift or just trying to look smart and get a relaxed style uh, for your own clothing, Untucket is the way to go. You can head over now as a loyal listener of the show. Use the code BLUE for 20% off at Untucket.com. You can add that in at checkout. Once again, that is on Tucket.com. The promo code is blue for 20% off. Once more, on Tucket.com.
1: All right, as we get here into the second half, we have three players off the board in our second round redraft. And Colm, I'm wondering if you like a super sleeper here, a guy who might be the second round's version of Terry McLaurin, or are you going to go straight to one of our bounce back options with the fourth pick?
3: I, I think um, the one here is the intriguing. Unfortunately, he had an injury to end the season, but Preston Williams, um, you know, you mentioned a sleeper, uh, went went all the way kind of from uh, the kind of fourth round almost all the way up now to possibly a second round here. And I think he was highly impressive. And really, at the time of his injury, it was kind of 50-50 between him and Parker, who was the number one wide receiver on this team. Um, obviously, the injury then has obviously changed it and parker has had a, a big big finish to the season and then has signed that new contract but I, there was so much here to be impressed with preston williams um you know you've mentioned here in the piece that he wasn't inv- invited to the nfl combine due to the character concerns and obviously fell out of the draft for the same concern so you know there is question marks there with him will he be able to you know Keep, keep things on the straight and narrow throughout the off season into next season and for the rest of his career. Um, it's very hard to know that. I tend to to lean away from guys with those character concerns but in terms of his ability on the field this year he is showing that he can can be a very highly productive wide receiver in terms of fantasy football and the one other concern I would have is there's quite a few reports going around that Robbie Anderson could end up with the the Miami Dolphins at the end of the season obviously that'll be kind of crushing to that value but at this current moment as it stands with this roster and um, he's somebody who I'm, I'm very interested in he would be the next player I'd be taking off the board here at this point would you stick with Preston Williams um, at this spot or would you be looking elsewhere
1: I think so we want to get a little bit more production here before we go to those guys we're hoping to bounce back and like you mentioned I mean he edged Parker in targets in receptions in receiving yards and in PPR scoring during those first nine weeks and it was really his injury that allowed Parker to completely explode over that final stretch now that doesn't take anything away from what Parker did he had a a fantastic season but we also do want to remember that Williams was there and Williams was doing that as an undrafted rookie so barring the addition of probably even multiple new receivers ahead of him this is a a very exciting situation there if he had been able to complete the season i do think that he would have risen easily into the first round and be someone we were talking about as the steal of the draft now that may very well turn out to be true even with what did happen for him there after williams though we get into a situation where there's a big tear break for me and we suddenly have to start taking players we liked but Didn't perform as well as rookies. Now, one of the things I would say about this is that collegiate production is a very relevant factor in terms of projecting the second season. It disappears very quickly after that to where obviously you're going to be looking at what a player has done as an NFL player. But one of the reasons why there are some gaps, there are some exploitable opportunities going into that second year is that what a guy did in college did matter. That's one of the reasons why, even though I'm very high on Deontay Johnson, I'm maybe not as high as some people because our metrics suggested that he was a little bit overvalued there. Some of the guys we liked at the end of the first round may be a little bit undervalued. Again, we want to look at what they did as rookies, but also keep in mind you know where they were coming in and that some of that really does matter. So a couple of these next guys here I think are going to depend on, you know, what you do think about what they did in college, where they are as athletes, and then where they are going forward. And so for me, this next group has four guys, one of whom is Er Smith, the tight end for the Vikings, who played 60% of the snaps in this offense that had Kyle Rudolph. and wasn't a big passing attack. He didn't score a bunch of points, but was impressive when he was on the field and again we have that wrong read evidence from Blair showing that top 100 picks at tight end have a great breakout rate in year two so a possible opportunity there we have Paris Campbell a wide receiver who really had his rookie year wiped out heading into 2019 he looked a little overvalued unimpressive career market share numbers final season market share numbers there at ohio state but then you look at what his teammate did and you're saying okay ohio state may be one of these teams that really is something of an exception because of the number of nfl stars that they have but the big red flag for me would be that while McLaurin averaged 20 yards per reception in his final year campbell was down at 11.8 so even as a college player he really struggled to have that type of game breaking effect you would want to see from someone with his draft position and his speed. If you're looking at Campbell saying he's this athlete, he would want to have done more with that at the college level. Clearly his offense now as well with Andrew Luck gone, the team emphasizing the run introduces some red flags. The two other guys, players I like, certainly Justice Hill, this freakishly athletic running back really buried behind Ingram and gus edwards and then Darrell henderson maybe not quite the athlete but certainly a prolific college player uh, buried behind todd Gurley and sadly malcolm brown didn't look that good when he got his chance who would you pick out of these four guys or is there a, a deeper player below them that you would prefer instead
3: it's hard, list to really know. there's you know, you are you are going obviously based on possibilities moving forward. Um, you know, you are you are jumping in, and we did we did think guys like Justice Hill, uh, and Darrell Henderson were probably a year or two. You know, with the players in front of them, uh, I still think you know Justice Hill excites me and uh, that Ravens offense. I I would be really tempted to go with him here. You have Darrell Henderson who may you know get get the start. We'll see what happens with Todd Gurley, but the the one I like based on if he gets that opportunity, I think is Justice Hill. I am I am really tempted there. It'd be between him and Henderson um to go here at this pick um Justice Hill really didn't get a, a chance this year uh, what those chances proved to be inefficient but week 16 week 17 were his two best weeks of the season in terms of efficiency um I, I would just edge I think I would just edge Justice Hill there but Darrell Henderson would be the other player that has me intrigued at that point The other thing is you know I mentioned earlier with the possibility that. the you know, off-season acquisitions and draft picks, that's where a lot of this here comes into the strategy. You could pick up Preston Williams this stage off the uh, off-season, can make a big, big difference to your roster come this time next year, or there could be an influx of free agents or draft picks that come into a team like Miami. Uh, The quarterback could change. There's so many moving pieces could affect his value dramatically so it's always interesting to try and find those values this stage of the offseason but I think what he did when he was on the field uh, this season was um, highly productive and I think that um, there is a positive uh, possibility there for him to jump another step in year two but hopefully um, you know we'll see him return um, fully from that injury and um, have have the ability then to continue to dominate on the NFL field uh with that uh, i guess we'll tease the rest of the players and see how they go you can check out on the site um, you know the rest of the list is made up of a combination of darrell henderson erb smith junior paris campbell justice hill among a number of other ones in there uh, another one of our kind of preseason favorites and andy isabella is on the list so check that out on the site another great piece um, up there on com. have a read see if you agree with it um and that there will do it for today's edition of the show of course you can give us a review on your favorite podcast app make sure you subscribe get all the shows once they come up sean my name's colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at over to joined once again by the co-owner of Rotobiz, that is mr sean siegel until we're back with another show next week have a good one